Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the shortened edition of Friday's Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Brooks Childers here on this very rainy Friday afternoon. Again, we will only be with you here one hour, uh, and that is because the Atlanta Falcons will be having their preseason coverage start at 4 o'clock. We are the home here on Tiger 95.9 of the Atlanta Falcons here in East Central Alabama. And so we are only on the airwaves for a brief hour. Uh, So we will get right to it here. I know it's a very stormy day, so you might also hear, if you're listening in the radio, hopefully you're not driving in all this mess. But if you are, uh, you will be hearing us, and you'll probably be hearing a severe thunderstorm warning or two from the National Weather Service, the EMS system. So uh, bear with us today in the shortened hour of the show. We will be talking, though, about Auburn fall practice for the majority of it as we get set for the first scrimmage tomorrow. I'm glad it is not today or else that would have to be indoors and very very sheltered and away from the elements as, uh, again, it's been pouring for a couple hours now here. Uh, but we will be talking fall practice. We'll also get to birthdays and sports nightly TV guide and a abbreviated version of those. But, uh, yeah, Brooks, uh, glad to have you on the show for this this hour. This is very uh, exciting to have football back. We know that uh, NFL preseason started last night. I guess it's technically started last week, but the full week one started last night. And so with the Falcons coming up in less than an hour in terms of airtime, that's going on. And uh, it's, uh, again, just a lot of excitement for football coming here. And, again, a very shortened show. And we're glad to have it with uh, the knowledge that football is almost here. Yeah, uh, like you said, football back. You know, we've been talking fall camp a lot lately with college football on the verge of being back here just two weeks away from week zero, three weeks away from the kickoff of uh, the the official week one of college football when you get to see your Auburn Tigers back on the field. Um, And then, yeah, last night you had the official week one, I guess, of preseason kickoff. You had the Hall of Fame game last week. And then last night you had a couple games. Uh, My Patriots played. uh, Didn't look good. uh, But also, you know, it's the first game of the preseason. You're not expected to look too good. Uh, But for Houston, you know, they went up and they drafted C.J. Stroud. uh, And he's in a quarterback battle right now with uh, Davis Mills over there at, at Houston. And he didn't look terrific in his first uh, NFL time he threw a pick six uh, on their first drive and it was it was ugly it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty pick six it was a hey where are you throwing this football or not a pick six it was just an interception I, I, I don't know why I said pick six it was just an interception but it was a where are you throwing this football kind of interception and so still a lot of stuff to work out uh, like you said the Falcons get underway tonight they take on the Miami Dolphins uh, would not be shocked if we didn't see a lot of starters uh, play tonight. Now the Patriots didn't play a lot of their offensive starters last night, 
So I would not be shocked if either of these two teams tonight play a lot of their starters, but you could see some. Um, and so you, the first of three preseason games for, for the Falcons, you get the Dolphins tonight, you get the Bengals next Friday, and then I think the next week is the Steelers. So three preseason games uh, for, for the Falcons. This is their only road one, though, so first, ro- uh, first road environment for the season. So can't wait to get them on the air in just a little bit. Braves back in action tonight. Big four-game uh, stint against the Mets coming up this weekend. Four games in three days, two primetime games uh, that I'm sure the networks, when they schedule these, had these uh, – Adam is a little more top-build action than a Braves team that's leading the division uh, by a, quite a large margin, and the Mets, who uh, were very much sellers at the deadline. Uh, and so it's a, a big, still a big series, though. Braves got a uh, coming off a a draw, I guess, a split with the with the Pittsburgh Pirates over the, this week. And so looking to uh, go out there and hopefully win a win a big NLE series before you get the Yankees in town uh, early next week, but. Going to be a great weekend for sports. Uh, going to be a great, uh, great couple of days for baseball, and you know, get football back in our lives too. It's it's always a great, great time when we get some sort of football back. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, I'm looking forward to. I won't be able to watch it because it's not on NFL Network. I might be able to watch in the app. I'm uh, planning on going home this weekend, and so while at dinner tonight, I might be like staring at my phone rudely um, <laughs> and uh, be one of those kids that just uh, stays on the phone. But uh, I think I might be able to watch the Bucks on the on the Buccaneers app, which of course I do have as a season ticket holder. It uh, is very much necessary uh, if you were to do that, and so might get to watch it that way. Uh, Tom Brady will not be playing, and then he won't play the second preseason game, and he's not going to play the third one. He's not playing the first regular season game, and yeah, he's not playing. So uh, Baker Mayfield's quarterback, and we're Kyle Trask, and that's where I'm at. But uh, that I I'm I, I say that because I'm one of the people that actually does need to follow the preseason. It is actually important to see the new quarterback and see how they're playing, and there is somewhat of a of a race. And we know here in Auburn about oars being on the depth chart, and it just freaked the NFL world out that the Bucks had an oar <laughs> uh, for their starting quarterback position, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. We know very much so the dynamic of the word oar on a depth chart here in, uh, in Auburn. But uh, anyway, let's get to some fall practice topics. Uh, some players spoke to some media members today. Saw an interesting quote, quote posted by Justin Hogeson a little while ago from Jalen Simpson. This in regards to how fall camp has been this year compared to previous years as Jalen Simpson is one of the more experienced players on the team. Quote, it's been a lot smoother than previous camps I've been a part of with old coaching staffs. The workload is a lot harder. We get pushed and strained a lot more. It's good work. It's been a fun one so far. I would not have said about Brian Harson of there which there were many deficiencies. I would not have thought that there would be an allusion to more work being done this time around than less. Now that's not to say I expected less. No, I expect as much work as possible and I expect the work to be good and important. But Brian Harson's whole sales pitch while he was uh, the coach was all about the ball and working hard and that sort of thing. So to see <laughs> See a player even say this has been harder work, but it's been productive work uh, than previous years is, again, not that we needed damning evidence number 275, uh, but alas, you can put that into the vault too. Uh, But look, we've talked, the the way I wanted to go at this angle-wise is we've talked in recent weeks about Auburn gaining some momentum in the recruiting world, of which they are still trying to 
gain momentum as they still try to lock in a couple more big-time recruits in the coming weeks. But when you're recruiting, you're pitching fun. You're pitching an atmosphere. You're pitching an idea uh, about what the next three to four to five years are going to be for that athlete. And so it's one thing to be kind of laid back and fun and, and build a great atmosphere in the summer and with these high school kids. It's another thing to translate that into the fun but into the work that is required to be a good football team at the end of the day. It is reassuring, although not shocking, to hear someone like Jalen Simpson say, yeah, this is actually as hard as we've worked, but it's been productive work, and it's been fun so far. Uh, What, if anything, do you make of those comments, Brooks, and just the continued vibe as it now goes from the recruiting world, more of a philosophical world, onto a more concrete brick-and-mortar type of world where you're actually putting putting the boots on the ground putting the the pads on and actually going to work but why we do all this when i was in high school i went i was in uh, i was in marching band in high school for three of my four years i had a different band director all three years my second band director that came in they did a um part of the interview process was they brought the each band director in front of us and let them conduct the band a little bit. He came in, the, the second band director came in and said, how do you spell guys? How do you spell band? And we go all B A N D. He's like, no, you spell it F U N fun. <laughs> well, he lasted a year. <laughs> the next band director that came in, came in and said, guys, like he had heard about this. He said, guys, how do you spell band? It's and he before he could let us answer, he says, It's B A N D. And you're gonna we're gonna work and we're gonna get we're gonna be and so it's good to have fun. It's good to get out there and you know, have you know, have fun with what you're doing because at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a game that you're playing for entertainment, you're making money as part of the entertainment industry, really. But when it comes to football, you've got to work. And if you if you've got players that are saying we're working harder this year than we have in, you know, previous regimes, not mentioning anybody by name, but you know who he's talking about. Um, it just points out some of the some of the things. And it, it's like you, uh, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's a little surprising because of the the way that Brian Harson and the staff, it kind of felt like when they got in here, it felt, you know, you brought in a new strength and conditioning coordinator that was like a big, you know, I'm a big rough and tumble guy. I'm going to get out there and we're, you know, meat potatoes guy. We're going to get out there and, and uh, and get these guys on another level. Brian Harson was all about the ball. It felt blue collar football. It was yeah, this is this is it. And if now you've got a you're you're going to a, a new coaching staff, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't think Hugh Freeze has ever said, you know, come out and said, oh, we play blue collar football. We're you know big rough tumble. We're uh, but the the way the fact that. You're you're coming out and the the player you know you've got quotes like this that are coming out that are saying, you know it's it's a lot harder work this year but it's fun it's like yeah that's what football's supposed to be you're supposed to work hard you're supposed to and that that's what you're having you you go up to to uh, to uh, Tuscaloosa and you ask any of those players what it's like playing for Nick Saban as a coach and they're like yeah it's it's tough but you know it's fun we're winning championships it it it's fun at the end of the day we're playing football. You go to go over to the other side. You go to, to uh, Athens, Georgia. You say, "How's it like? What's it like playing football for Kirby Smart?" Yeah, it's tough. He gets on you. It, it's it's a it's a tough environment, but we're having fun. They back to back national championships over there, 
And so that that's the type of football that you've got to you've got to come in and you've got to play. Um, you've got to have, especially in fall camp, is hey, this is tough. We are you're you're working. You're you're trying to get to that product, and especially you know, it, it, you came in after last year and Hugh Freeze saw the the um, the weaknesses in the roster. What's one way besides recruiting that you can get those better is work those guys harder and get them better. The guys that you have on your roster already, he's going out and doing work recruiting-wise. We've seen the products there. But if you can come in, you're, you've come in and you take what's on the roster, get them to take another step forward, make them work harder while still having fun, you're, you're, you're have some uh, recipes for success there. And, and, of course, the development process can't be lost on all of this. Like That is also obviously so important. And we focusing on all these high-profile recruits. Well, they still have to be put in the right system. They still have to be taught about the college game. And they still have to become the player that they're projected to be. And that's a large part of what coaching is. I mean, is, is being able to develop and, and be able to, to figure out what works best and, and develop guys into your system, all that, that good stuff. That's something that will ultimately be the decider in wasting a couple of the top highest players or getting them to actually factor into very winning teams. Uh, I, 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 I know that Hugh Freeze has talked a lot about the 2024 and 2025 class, but it would be, it would be unwise to merely think that just gathering ta- talent in those two years – leads you to all the success in the world because, again, those guys will have to be developed. And, of course, these guys are on this team now. Not all of them are seniors. They can be a part of a long-term plan. And the better you do this year, the more compelling your message is going forward about the development of your program. So, obviously, there's no reason to overlook the development process of this team, of this group, uh, in favor of just saying, oh, we'll get them in 2024, 2025, etc., uh, and no one's saying that. I have not. I'm not insinuating that they have. But this is the affirmation that uh, the the work has begun in the proper way to build. I thought that that was a downfall of Dan Mullen at Florida, another reputable program and a reputable coach who'd already done a good job at one of the Mississippi schools in the league. Was that Florida? It felt like once things got off track, he just said, "Ah, eh, that's it for the year." They, you know, they didn't play their bowl game hard one year. They they sat everybody and basically, and Dan Mullen basically said it didn't, didn't matter. It's like even if to us the fan or the observer says it does not really matter that bowl game, that doesn't mean a team should take it that way. A team should always be cherishing the opportunities to get better and to be working on on things and and to be evaluating guys and developing guys. And so that was like a really bad sign for what then became Mullen's next year, which was his last year. It was like, hey, they weren't taking that seriously. Well, you should take everything seriously when you get an opportunity to actually play against other teams and practice and that sort of thing. So um, just because you can look in the future and admit that right now the future is better is going to be better than the present, that doesn't mean you don't work on the present because – Working on the present also helps you for the future. And, again, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir to a degree there, but, uh, again, that's that's the kind of thing I read into this is like, hey, the work has truly begun and the mindset is correct. And, sure, the future uh, should get better, but that doesn't mean you can't make the most out of the present right now. We're going to go to our first timeout of the show. Again, a very shortened show today, only a one-hour show. When we come back, 
We'll get to birthdays and sports. Also, the Auburn basketball news, the complete non-conference schedule released by Auburn basketball today. We'll tell you a little bit about that. And, of course, the five-star center, Flory Badunga, who is going to be committing tomorrow. We'll again have a word on that. Stay tuned. Sports Call continues in a moment. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you here on this Friday afternoon. It's very wet and rainy Friday afternoon on the Plains. Again, we have a very shortened show. We are going to be off there in about 30, 35 minutes as the Atlanta Falcons pregame starts at 4 o'clock right here on Tiger 95.9 playing the Dolphins. First preseason game for the Falcons. Of course, you can hear the Atlanta Falcons all season long right here on Tiger 95.9. Let's get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. All right, birthdays and sports today. We start off with Pablo Sandoval, who is 38, the Panda, former MLB infielder. Sandoval was born in Venezuela and signed with the Giants in 2005. In 2008, he made his debut for the Giants as a catcher. Hard to believe that man never caught. Played 13 years in the majors, Two-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, one-time World Series MVP. How about that? Pablo Sandoval, Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Also had a beloved little stretch with the Braves there at the end of his career as well. Yep. Uh, failed as a Red Sox, though. He got that big contract with Boston, and Boston, uh, Bostonians did not like him. Pablo Sandoval, 38 today. Andrew Lee turns 41. Punter for the Arizona Cardinals. Lee was born in South Carolina, where he's an all-state player in football, baseball, and basketball as a high schooler. Played college football at Pitt. Let's go Pantas. Where he still holds the school record for punting yards in a career. He's the only player to win Big East Special Teams Player of the Year twice in a career and will be the only one to ever do that. He's notably not, not with us in football. After graduating in 2004, he signed with the 49ers, beginning a career that continues today. Three-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, three-time NFL punting yards leader, and one-time Golden Toe Award winner, Andy Lee turns 41 today. That's a fun award name, the Golden Toe. Yeah, I see where it comes from. I certainly see it. but uh, It also sounds like a knockoff version of King Midas. Because uh-huh. he had the golden thumb. Like, uh-huh. he'd, the, he'd touch everything and it turned to gold. Maybe it's the golden toe. Maybe so. Maybe all those punts turned to gold for Andy Lee, who turns 41. Hulk Hogan turned 70, former professional wrestler. Hogan, oh, yeah. Hogan was born in Georgia, began playing sports in baseball, attracting scouts from major league teams for injuries, derailed his career in high school. 
He started touring with a band while attending college at South Florida. Let's go Bulls. And st- we don't not, we, there's not many South Florida ones. No. Uh, and started working out in his spare time, meeting pro wrestlers, and eventually joining their circuit in 1977. He began wrestling full time and bounced around international leagues until 1983. When he joined the WWF, he spent the majority of his career with the promotion, winning the heavyweight belt multiple times. He retired from wrestling permanently in 2012. Hulk Hogan is 70 today. Well, you listen here, brother. <laughs> if I had, if you, maybe I should let you read that. Oh yeah, brother. As like first person Hulk Hogan, <laughs> I've been pretty good. I began touring with the band, brother. <laughs> Oh, no. Melky Cabrera turns 39, former MLB outfielder. Cabrera was born in the Dominican Republic and signed with the Yankees in 2001 as a 17-year-old. In 2005, he's made his debut for the Yankees, spending his early years with the team and in 2009 winning a World Series. He played in the majors for 15 years across eight teams, retiring in 2019. He was a one-time All-Star. The Milkman, Melky Cabrera, turns 39 today. Spent... uh Brief moment with the Braves. Yes, he did. Uh, he was pretty good, too. And one other birthday to get to today is Keontae Scott, who Woo! turns 22, cornerback at Auburn, of course. We're eagle. Scott was born in California, played two years at Snow Junior College in Utah. Wow. Are you allowed to be called Snow Juco if you're not a place that gets snow? Utah does get snow. I'm not saying they don't, but if you were to have a Snow Junior College in Alabama, would that feel inappropriate to you? Let's go Badgers, by the way. Okay, nice uh, nice research there. Uh, but he went to Snow Junior College in Utah, two-time JUCO All-American, one-time JUCO Defensive Player of the Year. He joined the Auburn Tigers in 2022 as a starter at Nickel last season. Keontae Scott is 22 today. And those are the birthdays in sports. Keontae Scott, 22. Melky Cabrera, 39. Hulk Hogan, 70. Andy Lee, 41 and Pablo Sandoval, 38. All right, let's continue on with the show now. We've been getting bits and pieces for the last, really, I mean, I guess for months, but especially in the last week or two, bits and pieces of the 2023 non-conference schedule for Auburn basketball. It was released in its entirety earlier today, so we're going to read it to you just now. We know a lot of the various... Uh, games already due to the earlier announcements but now we have dates for all the games so you can make your plans accordingly november the first is the exhibition that is for against auburn montgomery that will be in neville arena of course nice little synergy going on there yeah absolutely you gotta you're gonna play a lower tier team uh keep it in keep it in the family a little bit november the 7th auburn goes to the sanford pentagon Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, that you just South Dakota just screams basketball, doesn't it? It sure does against the Baylor Bears. That will be one of the premier matchups for the Tigers in the non-conference. November the tenth, they got to fly right back to Neville Arena. They'll take on Southeastern Louisiana. November the sixteenth, they go up to Brooklyn, the Barclays Center, for a two-day trip in the Legends Classic. We know the first game will be against Notre Dame. Be the first program meeting. For Auburn versus Notre Dame in basketball. They will then play another game guaranteed, win or lose, in the Barclays Center against Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure on Friday the 17th. They'll come back home November 21st. They'll play Alabama A&M at Neville Arena. November 29th, roughly a week later, the ACC-SEC Challenge gets going. First time ever. Auburn plays Virginia Tech. That is an 8-15 tip-off in Neville Arena. That'll be a late one. Make sure you drink your coffee, folks. Uh, make sure, or you caffeine that time of the day. 
I'm a caffeine. I'm I, I, You're I, a Coke I, guy for your caffeine. Yeah, I should have said a soda guy. Soda guy. Uh, so Auburn, Virginia Tech, November 29th. Then we get into the month of December. December the 3rd, Boone, North Carolina at Appalachian State for the Auburn basketball team. So a road trip to a smaller school. but. That- no, go ahead. But it'll be interesting. That's one thing that I admire about Bruce Pearl is he's not afraid to go on the road and play some of these mid-major schools. He's he's not afraid to go do a home and home with the with some. Did it with Murray State. Did didn't it with they? Murray State. Did it with South Florida. Well, it was kind of like a it, they don't get play ready in for the yeah yeah they get don't ready for the SEC. But it was still they he went to Tampa to play right. and there was probably a few more South Florida fans there. But you're, he's not afraid to go on the road and play these true road games. Then coming up December 9th in Atlanta, Holiday Hoops Giving, Auburn and Indiana. It'll be a nice matchup. Indiana made the tournament, might be a top 25 team this year. That'll be a big one December the 9th. Time to be determined still. December the 13th, we talked about this earlier in the week, the Rocket City Classic, Von Braun Center in Huntsville. Auburn take on UNC Asheville. December the 17th is the trip for the USC Trojans back cross country to Play the Auburn Tigers. Hey, this would be a good warm-up for USC when they have to travel to this part of the world for a lot of games. Uh, of course, not in the south, but, of course, just talking as far as due east is concerned. Uh, the Big Ten teams will surely be very much this east and even more east. But uh, USC and Auburn, December the 17th, that is a Sunday in Neville Arena. Uh, and hopefully Bronny James will be healthy and clear to play basketball. We would see him come to Neville Arena. Again, that's December 17th. December 22nd, right before Christmas, Neville Arena on that Friday against Alabama State. December the 30th, about a week off, that following Saturday in Neville Arena, Auburn plays Chattanooga. And finally, January the 2nd, going a a few days deeper into the the schedule this year, the non-conference. Maybe that's because the SEC Big 12 used to be uh, in the late January, and now ACC-SEC is in in the front load of the schedule, so that backs things up a couple days, and, and you don't have that scheduled date off away from SEC play. Maybe that's what's going on there. But January the 2nd, almost ringing in the new year there, Auburn, Auburn host Penn in Neville Arena, the Penn Quakers. So you've got, again, the, the big notable matchups, USC game December 17th in Neville Arena, Indiana December 9th in Atlanta, Virginia Tech for the ACC-SEC Challenge November 29th uh, at Neville Arena against Virginia Tech. Uh, the November 16th and 17th in Barclays Center against Notre Dame and then either Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure. And then that big one with Baylor, which will be the first game of the year, November the 7th in the Sanford Pentagon, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So that's the Auburn non-conference schedule. Brooks, what do you think? Uh, I mean, again, like I said, uh, Bruce Pearl's not afraid to go on the road and play some of these true road games. Um, he, he continues to uh, to have these, you know, schedule those out where he, he takes the takes the team to a hostile environment. Um, he's not afraid to go play some of the big dogs, like he, opening up against Baylor, um, getting getting to go play in the uh, in the Legends Classic there in November, where you get Notre Dame, and then you get either Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure, who you can very much see both of these teams uh, in recent history in an NCAA tournament, and then also you know. Bruce Burrow, I know a lot of people have um, have complimented him before, and he's even you know he's talked about this before, trying to help strengthen the product of basketball in the state of Alabama, um, not just with Auburn, but he's he's going taking the show on the road to the north part of the state to take on UNC Asheville, uh, and that uh, a team a tournament team. Uh, and you go to a different spot, and then on top of that, you're playing two in-state opponents. Uh, I know Auburn has not been shy about playing in-state opponents in the past. They've had um, UAB on their schedule in recent years. 
I believe they've had have they had Samford on their schedule in recent years. I don't recall that one. Uh, Certainly in football. But yeah, I, don't remember I, I was trying. I, I couldn't remember if it was basketball or not. But you've got two in-state schools, one right down the road. Technically, if you want, if you want to get technical, three with Auburn Montgomery uh, for that that exhibition game. But you continue to help South Alabama. That's the one I was trying to think of. He's played. They've played South Alabama, uh, and so he continues to try to strengthen the, the the product of basketball throughout the state of Alabama. And it it it's a quality schedule. There's a few, you know the a, you, you get a few games in there that. Uh, should be pretty easy wins, and then you've got a few games in there that you you look at and you say this is going to test them. This is going to be a really quality test. Get this team ready for conference play. Get this team ready to play in some uh, tournament like environments. Man, our show's already rolling on here. That's the dynamic of a one hour show. We've got to take our next time out. This could be our final break based off the timing. We'll see how long the next segment goes. But again, Auburn basketball releasing the non conference schedule in its entirety today. A lot of interesting matchups, again, going into just briefly into the month of January consecutively there before SEC play will open up. And once we get the dates and times for all those SEC matchups, we'll certainly talk about that as well. But, again, we need to take our next time out only with you for a little less than half an hour now, about 20 more minutes as Atlanta Falcons pregame starts at 4 o'clock on Tiger 95.9. When we come back, a brief recruiting update for Auburn basketball and Auburn football. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Call Tiger 95.9. Ryan the boy Brooks Childress here. The shortened edition of Sports Call coming off air in just a little bit. This will be our final segment. It'll be about eight or nine minutes long. And then uh, got to pay the bills and then get to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who at the top of the hour begin their coverage of the preseason, play the Miami Dolphins tonight, six o'clock kickoff here on Tiger 95.9. As promised, real briefly, want to talk the two biggest recruiting items going on in the world of Auburn, one football, one basketball. Basketball-wise first, because this is a big deal. Flore Bedunga, who is, by all accounts, a elite prospect, five-star guy, number four on the Rivals board, four on ESPN, four on 247, and number seven on on three, number five, if you grade them all out, in the country, going to commit tomorrow. Again, the belief all along has been Duke. There are Auburn murmurs, Duke, Michigan, Auburn, all in there. He'll be making his decision tomorrow evening, I believe. Uh, This is the player that 
many believed Auburn would go after after the Peyton Marshall decommitment. And it is true that Auburn has clearly gone after Flory. There's been one or two people murmuring that uh, they're even predicting a decision in favor of Auburn. I'm not sure I'm there. I will believe it when I see it, when it comes to a top five or ten player not going to Duke when Duke really wanted them. That's just not that just doesn't happen in the world of basketball. But Bruce Pearl has obviously done a great job recruiting to Auburn, the best recruiting in Auburn basketball history, and that's not hyperbole uh, by rankings. He's broken all the records there. And so this could be the time. We've seen it in football. We've seen Auburn go up against Alabama and Georgia and get a couple recent flips, recent victories on five-star players. Could this be the time basketball gets not a flip? Because you don't really flip much in basketball. I'll tell you this. He commits to Duke. It's over. It's not happening. He's going to Duke. He commits to Auburn. Unless there's something earth-shattering, it's over. It's going to Auburn. Basketball kids do not decommit at the rate football players do. I don't know all the reasons for that. It's just It just grades out that way. If you follow the two types of recruiting, basketball guys stay committed a lot higher percentage of the time than football guys. So where he where he commits to tomorrow, you can use the word commitment and the way it was intended. He, he will end up going to that school. So big-time deal there for Flory Bedunga, the number five player in the class that Auburn has gone hard after. And then the football side of things, a uh, player to keep an eye on. I'm not aware of an imminent commitment date, although there is buzz. But for Auburn and the football side of things, Kamarian Franklin is a guy. Picking up a lot of steam. He is a defensive lineman out of the state of Mississippi, the best player in the state of Mississippi. And I was talking about this to to Brooks and Brant, who was in here uh, during the break. I have not seen a much higher disparity in how a kid is evaluated by the by the main services. Yeah, this is fun. So Rivals.com, 11th best player in the country. Like everyone should be recruiting this guy, period, end of discussion. ESPN 27th best player. Again, everyone should be going after him. 247, 30th best player in the country. So, okay, a 30, 27, 11. On three, 223. <laughs> Not 23, 223. As sound, in, it, yeah. The, sounds like someone like mistyped it. <laughs> yeah. As in, like, yeah, the elite programs might, might want to sit it out. They might not have to go after him. It's still industry ranking via on three is the number 37 player in the country because, again, the, those other three factor in 75% of the equation. On threes is 25%, whatever. And so he still grades out as the number 37 player nationally, just shy of a five-star status. Very very similar range to DeMarcus Riddick. I think Riddick was like 32 overall for reference. So, Again, if on three reevaluates their own individual service and he gets bumped up even in the 140s, 50s, not even a blue chip player, just 100s, that might flip move the needle enough to make him a, a five star because he is a five star there on the other services. But Kamarian Franklin has been trending in a good direction for Auburn. The, the recruiting prediction machine nearly 60% in favor of Auburn, 30% for Tennessee. So even though Ole Miss. And the state of Mississippi would love to keep him home. It looks like Ole Miss is a distant third. It's an Auburn and Tennessee battle. So, Brooks, uh, these two big-time players, both football, one in football, one in basketball, trending positively. Obviously, there was a long way to go with Pendunga, and I I just don't think so on that one. But 
Auburn doing its 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 biggest to try to get uh, a couple more big time players. One on both uh, both of two of the main programs. I uh, we I said this earlier this week. You don't have to win them all. You do have to win some. And the fact that you're in the conversation for uh, for these, especially on the basketball side, for a guy that you you're now in the conversation for uh, a guy that is you know heavily. Uh, Duke caliber the fact that you are in those conversations now shows you where Bruce Pearl has taken the basketball program 10 years ago if you said if, if you told me hey you know soon Auburn basketball is going to be fighting for the same level of recruits as Duke I'm like no I don't think you're not, I, I think <laughs> you're right what, what happened to Duke <laughs> uh, yeah that's sort of the question is what happened to Duke so it shows you where where uh, Bruce Pearl has taken this this program and on the football side of things it just continues the momentum there I mean Hugh Freeze and the staff has built up a lot of big momentum they continue to to feed off of it big recruiting weekends I know right now you're in a in a dead period for a little bit but uh, over the summer you had big recruiting weekends you got to show your product out and now you're finally you know you're you're starting to get to the point where it's instead of hey look at our shiny new building and our new coaching staff we're great now you're starting to show uh you know recruits are starting to hear um we we talked about you know a couple quotes that came out earlier uh from earlier you're starting to hear players talk about what it's like in the system now and in the in in with this coaching staff and the more quotes that come out that are positive the more that that is going to help recruiting because these kids in high school and and kids on the transfer portal are going to look at those are going to look at those players. You know, they they may know some of these players. They may reach out and say, "Hey, man, what's it like playing for Hugh Freeze?" These there are you go. if you're getting these comments out there now in fall camp, you're uh, it's uh, the if as long as the the winning comes, you're setting yourself up in a great position if you're Hugh Freeze and the staff. So, Flore Bedunga on the basketball side of things committing tomorrow. Duke, Michigan, Auburn involved there. I think Kansas as well, but uh, Duke, Michigan, or Auburn seems to be uh, the prognosis with a strong lean towards Duke. And then on the football side of things, Kamari and Franklin, a very high bordering on a high, high four, bordering on five star player out of the state of Mississippi, best player in the state of Mississippi, trending in a positive direction in terms of Auburn. It's an Auburn and Tennessee race there. No commitment imminent, although we do know from Cole Pinkston, our good our good friend that uh, a lot of these kids like to commit for the high school season. So if that were to stay true, you could still read between the lines that next week or two could be a decision for Franklin. All right, down to just a minute or two left in the show already. Again, Atlanta Falcons coming up at the top of the hour. Preseason coverage there. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guy, presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what do we have? Well, tonight, your movie picks for the evening. Just one, because it's going to take you all night to watch it. 6 o'clock on Paramount Network tonight. It's Titanic, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Will your heart go on? What? Will your heart go on? It will, uh, as long as you have enough bathroom breaks. Um, (laughs) Because, again, it's a long movie, and it's got commercials in it now, so it's even longer. So buckle up for that, uh, that extraordinaire tonight. Uh, Sports World for you this evening, starting out at 6 o'clock on ESPN. you got Little League Baseball as we continue to track toward the Little League World Series. It is the Metro Region Championship tonight. Follow that up with the West Region Championship at 8 o'clock from Little League Baseball. Uh, Little League Softball in action tonight. They're in their World Series in Greenville, North Carolina. Game 18 of the World Series is tonight. 
Uh, obviously, it's you know different teams playing each other, so it's not like these two teams have been playing each other for 18 games. Uh, but yes, that is tonight. 7 o'clock on Ion, a doubleheader of WNBA basketball as Chicago Sky take on the New York Liberty. And then at 9 o'clock, it's the Washington Mystics and the Las Vegas Aces. And at 7 o'clock on FS1, or I'm sorry, 8 o'clock on FS1, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series playoffs. Round of 10 starts off from Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. The T-Sports, or T-Sport 200 is tonight. Uh, we talked to uh, Grant, Infinger. Grant, Grant Infinger earlier this week, and so they get the playoff started tonight. And, of course, the Braves are back in action 620 uh, on Bally Sports Southeast and also on our sister station AM 1230 WAUD. And the Falcons are on tonight right here on Tiger 95.9 and on NFL Plus if you are a subscriber there. Certainly am not to that, but uh, we will listen to it here on Tiger 95.9. Brooks, thank you for that TV guide. Thank you for being here this week. Hope you have a great weekend, sir. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. See you then. That will do it for this very short edition of the show. As Brooks said, again, Atlanta Falcons pregame coming up here. Top of the hour. They take on the Miami Dolphins. Excited for football season to be back, for, so stay tuned for that. For Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.